Thank you so much for joining us today for our online worship experience. I'm Pastor Anthony. It's an honor to be with you today. If you want to secure your Bible, you can turn with us to the book of John, chapter 11, or you can go to your YouVersion smartphone app and go to the menu button, hit live events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's scripture and notes will be right there for you. And as we dive in today, why don't you send a text to someone that could be encouraged by today's message as we continue our series, Do You Believe in Miracles? As we dive in today, I would love to take just a moment and let's pray together that the Holy Spirit would open our minds and hearts as we receive His Word today. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. It truly is a lamp into our feet. It's a light into our path. And Lord, I am so thankful that it speaks to even some of the darkest moments of our life. And today, if there's someone that's watching that just desperately needs a miracle, I pray you would meet them right where they are today. And through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, give us revelation from your word. And I pray, Lord, that we would just feel hope and faith rise in our heart today as we study your word together. And we're going to be quick to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I've traveled a lot by airplane. And honestly, I've had few situations that have frustrated me more than airport delays. I remember one specific time we were already sitting on the airplane and we're going out on the tarmac and something caused a delay where we just had to sit on the tarmac for what felt like an eternity. And so finally, when we were able to take off the Pilots said, hey, no worries, we'll make up the time in the air. Unfortunately, we didn't. And so when we arrived at uh, my connecting flight, I got off the airplane and I ran through the terminal and I walk up to the, the, the ticket counter just as my plane is backing away. And the lady looked at me and she said, I'm sorry, you're just a little too late. Now, that was a really bad feeling to kind of see my plane backing away when I was supposed to be on that flight. I was actually speaking for a friend in Texas and I had to call him and let him know I wasn't going to make the speaking engagement. It was a difficult day, but many of you know exactly what that feels like. And maybe it has nothing to do with airplane travel. You just know what that feeling is like where you would say, I just feel like I'm a little too late. Maybe you would look at your finances and, and you would say, wow, it just feels like it's too late for us. There's just no hope. Like we're too far in debt and we can't seem to get ahead. Many of you would say, I've just made so many mistakes that living out the purpose that God has for me, it's just, it's just too late. Maybe someone has told you that there's a diagnosis and a disease that you're living with and you feel like that it's just um, taking over your life and there's nothing else that you can do. Maybe the sickness has progressed so much that it just feels like it's dominating your life. And when you think about your miracle and healing, you would just say, it just feels like it's too late. Maybe you really need God to show up in your marriage or your family because you've got a relationship that means a lot to you, but that relationship is broken. And you would say, I really want healing and I need God to show up. It just feels like we're out of time and it's, it's just too late. Maybe you've struggled with depression and anxiety for so long. You've given up on, 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 on feeling 
quote unquote normal. You, you, you feel like you've felt this way for so long that this is just the way it's always going to be. And, and, and you just feel like it's too late for God to do anything in your life. Maybe your situation is, is different. Maybe you grew up in church and, and you went to church every time the doors were open. Maybe you grew up in children's church and you sang all the songs and you studied all the, all the stories. But at some point, you made the decision to go out and do things your own way. And you look back and you recognize that was the biggest mistake of your life. And mistakes piled upon mistakes upon mistakes And now you just wish you could go back and do it again, but you feel like you've done so much wrong and you've run so far away from God that it's too late for you to ever fulfill the plan that God has for your life. It's just a little too late. If you feel any of those things, I've got good news for you. In fact, I've got the gospel and the gospel of Jesus actually means good news. The Bible, it's good news. And today as we dive into John chapter 11, I'm going to introduce you to a family who felt like it was too late. Jesus showed up. He just didn't show up on time. And in their minds, it was just too little, too late. Let's dive in. John chapter 11. We're going to start with verses 1 through 4. It says, a man named Lazarus was sick. If you've been around church for a little bit, you already know where we're going in this story. You know the story of Lazarus. Well, Lazarus lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Now, these three, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, these were some close friends of Jesus. These weren't just people that Jesus kind of ran into, uh, kind of like we talked about last week with the woman of the issue of blood, where Jesus just kind of ran into her as he was going about his business. This story is a little bit different today uh, because these are people that Jesus had a personal and intimate relationship with, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. And her brother, brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. That's a personal relationship there. That's a very personal statement. Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Now, we aren't talking about sniffles and we're not talking about a headache. Lazarus was in really bad shape. And the sisters were sending word to Jesus, you got to get here quick. We're in trouble here. Lazarus is in trouble. We need your help. Now, Jesus didn't seem surprised to hear of his sickness. Look back at his response. This sickness will not end in death, but instead will end with God receiving glory. Now, as we walk through this series, we keep asking the same question. What is the message behind the miracle? So we're just going to break these verses down today and we're going to dig through it and we're going to figure out what are the messages behind the miracle. And today there's a lot. Here's the first thing. God knows what I'm going through. Jesus didn't seem caught off guard by this situation. God knows what I'm going through. What you're facing may have completely caught you off guard. It may have shocked you. 
You didn't see it coming. It came out of left field. You were blindsided, whatever metaphor you want to use. But the reality is it didn't catch God off guard. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He's the alpha, the omega, the first and the last. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you have faced. But more importantly, he knows what you're going to face and he's going to be with you through it. God knows what I'm going through. And that fact for me personally is extremely comforting to know that Jesus is involved in every situation that I face. So when you get in a difficult situation, no one can um, possibly know what it is that you're facing or what you're going to face. But here's the deal. Jesus does. And he's just as close as the mention of his name. Now look at verse 5. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Look at this next verse. He stayed where he was for the next two days. Now I'm sure this had to surprise the disciples. After all, this was Jesus who had compassion on crowds of people that he didn't even know. This was Jesus who interrupted his own agenda for even one person in need. And now Lazarus, his buddy, his pal, his friend, is in trouble. And Jesus doesn't like go quickly. He doesn't get in emergency mode and, and, and hit the siren and, and go straight to his buddy. Instead, he stays for a couple of more days. So the question is, why didn't he just drop everything and run to Lazarus's side? Well, here's the message, but let me be clear. You might not like this next part. I don't like this next part, but here it is. God doesn't act according to my schedule. I don't like that part. Like when I pray, I want Jesus to like immediately respond. But the reality is he doesn't always work on our schedule. We call on God and we're convinced like we need an answer right now. This just absolutely cannot wait. And sometimes it seems like there's no answer at all. And, and, and it feels like our prayer is bouncing off the ceiling. What in the world is God doing? Does he not realize that this is an emergency? Does he not realize what we're facing right now? But the thing is, by our very nature, we are not patient people. And when we sense a crisis, we want an answer immediately. So what do you do when God doesn't seem to respond to your emergency? Here's what we have to do. We have to trust His timing and we have to trust His plan. Because His plan for your life is so much better than yours. Now here's verse 7. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people there were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? I mean, think about that. So the disciples were very concerned. We left there just in time to get you out of there alive. And now you want to go back to that place where they tried to take your life. I think some of us could identify with the disciples. I think I would have been like one of those disciples. We might would have said something like this. All right. 
hey, we know Lazarus is sick and everything, but if you go back, you're probably going to get killed. And if we go back with you, chances are we're probably going to be killed too. So why don't we just hang here? Maybe we could have a little prayer service for him. Maybe a little memorial service. Pastor Jonathan could play the guitar. You know, maybe we could send a card. We, we could send some flowers. Do we really have to go? Verse 11, then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and I will wake him up. And the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. There it is again. No, no, no. He's fine. He's going to get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. He already knew. He already knew that Lazarus was dead. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Now, here's the next message. God is not intimidated by my difficult circumstance. I don't know that it's more difficult than Lazarus is now dead. He's not just sick. Now he's died. I don't know that there's anything that's more difficult to deal with than death, right? And Jesus is saying, now, now I want you to come and see because you're about to see my power displayed in his life. And I want you to have a front row seat to watch it happen. I'm so thankful that God doesn't look at my situation and my circumstance the way that I look at it. I look at my circumstance and what I'm going through frightened. I look at it anxious. I look at it intimidated. And oftentimes we can stare at this big mountain that we're facing. And what do we feel? We feel intimidation, like we're intimidated by our own circumstance. But God doesn't look at your situation and think, man, this is going to be tough. I don't know what I'm going to do here. I don't know how I'm going to help him in this situation. Your circumstances are not even an obstacle for God. Now look at verse 16. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let's also go with him that we might die with him. All right, so this is doubting Thomas, right? Well, now he's cynical, Thomas, and I can just see him on this occasion. All right, if he's convinced he should go, then let's go with him. We're probably going to get killed too. Like this is going to be a fun trip. But look at verse 17. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. For four days. Jesus was late according to the natural laws of this world. But remember, Jesus does not operate by the natural laws of this world. He is supernatural. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. And He's omnipotent, right? All-powerful. So here's the fourth lesson. It's never too late for God. So no matter where you are on the timetable, right? No matter where you are in the process of all that's happening in your life, no matter what you may feel, think, right, or believe, it's never too late for God, right? In this case, it looked like God was late. And even you think God is late, but he still has a plan. The divorce may have been final yesterday, but still not too late for God. The doctor may say your disease is terminal. It's still not too late for God. Once again, you may have failed over and over and over. You've been tripped up by the same mistakes. 
it is still not too late for God. You've walked away from relationships and you have burned the bridges. It is still not too late for God. The person that you've been witnessing to and sharing your faith with has shut you out completely. Still not too late for God. The creditors are foreclosing. The process has already started. It's not too late for God. Your children have turned their back on you and everything that you believe in. It's still not too late for God. With sin and disobedience, you feel like you've destroyed your future. It's still not too late for Him. He doesn't work on our timetable. His plan for you has no expiration date. It's not too late for Him. Verse 18 says, Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Mary and Martha in their loss. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet Him. But Mary stayed in her house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. I want you to see this. I want you to see this in the high-def theater of your mind, right? I want you to see Jesus coming up. Everyone on site is mourning. They're consoling Mary and Martha. And Martha runs out to Jesus and that's her response to him. Not, hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm glad you made it. I, I, I really appreciate you stopping by. Her greeting to him is, Lord, if you had only been here, we wouldn't be in this situation. He wouldn't be in the tomb. Like if you would have showed up on time, this situation would be different. But verse 22, look at what she says. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Now, this is such a powerful statement. Maybe one of the most powerful statements that we'll see in Scripture, right? If you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. What's the message? Having faith doesn't mean I ignore reality. Having faith doesn't mean that I ignore what's happening in my life. I had a recent encounter with a friend who lost a parent to cancer. And right even up until death, even though the diagnosis was clear, the parent wouldn't admit that they had cancer. They, they wouldn't speak the word because to them, speaking the word was like having a little faith, right? Having no faith in God to perform a miracle. They didn't want to confess that they had this, this sickness. What did Martha do? She acknowledged the truth. Like Lazarus was dead, right? If Jesus had been here, he would have lived. She wasn't going to bring back Lazarus with this positive confession, right? He was dead. But here's the second part. She recognized the potential for a miracle. She recognized that it wasn't too late for God. Martha knew if healing wasn't the answer, like while he was still alive, there had to be another option. Even now, God will give you what you ask. So I'm not saying that we have to ignore reality, acknowledge truth, but recognize there is always the potential for a miracle. Like we can trust God because he's a God who can always be trusted. So how do I pray this way? All right, so here's how I pray this way. God, this relationship is over, but I still believe you can restore my family. God, I know what the doctors are saying. I know what they're saying, but I still believe in healing 
God, I've messed things up again, but with your help, I can make it. I can make it right. God, I don't have a dime left to my name. My business is gone, but I still trust in your provision. God, my children are far from you, but I still believe for their salvation. I refuse to give up. What's the message? It is never too late for God. And so Jesus walks up to the tomb of Lazarus. He holds his head up with confidence, power, and authority. And he declares... always wanted to do that in a message. I've always wanted to leave a cliffhanger. So what happened to the end of the story? Like what happened to Lazarus? What did Jesus do? It is way too good to rush this ending. And so you're going to have to wait until next week to find out what happens. But I want to close with a text that I recently received from a friend. In fact, it was after the first week of the series. Do you believe in miracles? And here was their text to me after that message. For many years, we were told we could not have children, but my husband and I were faithful and we kept praying. We had been married for eight years and we knew that God had a plan for us. He healed whatever was wrong. It was a difficult pregnancy and I was in bed from August to November in 1986. But then God sent us our precious Stephanie. And I believe he sent her to help others follow him. And yes, this is our Stephanie Nobles who is leading other people to follow him. She concludes this text. Yes, he lives. And yes, he performs miracles today. Text from my friend, Miss Susan Nobles. Yes, he lives and yes, he performs miracles today. Yes, he loves you and he performs miracles today. Yes, he is with you and he performs miracles today. Yes, he can be trusted and he performs miracles today. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are a miracle working God. Lord, you don't leave us alone. You've not forsaken us. Your word says you would never leave us and that you would never forsake us, but you would be with us to the very ends of the earth. And Lord, you were with us right now in the darkest moment of our life, that moment we may be facing right now. You were there just as close as the mention of your name. So I pray we would have the faith and the confidence like Martha to acknowledge like this is where we are and it's not good, but we recognize the potential for the miracle. We believe there's something that you want to do in us and through us so that you will receive the glory in our life. And so, Lord, I pray that as other people look at us and the situation we find ourselves in, that they wouldn't just see us, they would see you in us, that they would see you in the midst of this situation, that we could just point other people to the goodness of our God. 
Lord, that you are a God who loves us, that you are a God who works miracles, and that you are a God who can be trusted. And so, Lord, today I pray, especially for that person who maybe they've turned their heart from you, they've run from you, and I pray that right where they are in the privacy of their devotion, that they would just say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Lord, I I ask you to be my Savior. I commit my life to you. And Lord, I I invite you to to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, to, to confess our sins and know that you were faithful and just to forgive us of sin and cleanse us from unrighteousness. Lord, we just give it to you. And we pray that you would give us strength to live this life for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks again for joining us today. We want to hear from you. If this is your first experience, why don't you jump over to NorthParkRDU.com and hit the digital connect card. Give us a chance to connect with you. We'd love to learn more about you. We'd love to give you more information about North Park Church and help you get plugged in. We just want to minister to you and walk this journey with you. Also, if you have a prayer request, there's a place for you to click a prayer request button. We'd love to pray some bold prayers over your life. And so if you trust us enough with that request, we commit to pray for God to do something amazing in your life, for God to perform that miracle that you're holding out for. And finally, we've got some good things happening over the next few days that we want to make you aware of. In fact, this Wednesday night, October the 7th at 7 p.m., we've got our next North Park family Zoom meeting. It's a time for us to connect together. I'm going to share with you some visions, some things that are happening very soon. Also, we want to highlight some families, some things that are happening in in them, and we want to celebrate as a church family. So we're going to call this a family meeting. So join with us this Wednesday night, October 7th at 7 p.m. You can go to northparkrdu.com for a link and more information about that meeting. And finally, our next in-person gathering is going to be at Riverbend Middle School on Sunday, October the 18th at 10 a.m. So make sure that you circle that on your calendar. Join us. We're going to have a great time together in a safe, socially distant environment, but most importantly, where we can come together and corporately worship together. We love you guys, and we can't wait to see you very soon.